What's going on, everybody? My name is Matt, and welcome back to the Altered Podcast. Now, fun fact, this is actually the second time we are recording this because great old Mr. Matt forgot to hit um, the uh, mess with the settings to make sure all the audio was coming through, so we had just my voice coming through, and I know that many people probably don't want to just hear me talk, but I am joined today by two awesome guests. We have the normal co-host, Danny the Machine Hamilton, and then we have our special guest today, uh, who I will introduce in a second, but first, Daniel, how are you doing, my friend? Man, we're doing good, uh, all except for you goofing up a few minutes ago, but um, good news is that I live a life of forgiveness. Um, I will be like Jesus and forgive you. The only <laughs> difference the only difference, is that this is like a one-time pass, so don't let it happen again. Yeah, forget the seven times seven thing. I'm a one-timer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and also with us, as I mentioned before, my friend Evan Rulo. He actually goes to church with me, so and he's also a very dear friend. Evan, what is up, my friend? Hey, guys. How's it going? So before we dive into our... Um, our awesome Gucci content. We were talking about how I say Gucci a lot earlier. You're um, fired. Yep, I'm fired. Um, <laughs> I, we want to get to know Evan a little bit because I know a lot of you guys, uh, we do have some Dream listeners, so the Dream listeners obviously will know who Evan is. But for those who don't know Evan, Mr. Rulo, why don't you tell us more about who you are, what you do, and uh, yeah, the floor is yours. Yeah, guys. So as for me, what I do right now is uh, professionally, I'm a mechanical engineer. I work for a pharmaceutical manufacturing uh, company. And so that's what I do from you know, sunup to sundown, basically. The rest of my time, uh, also the time at work included, I follow Christ. I've been walking with the Lord, I would say, my whole life. There was a, there was a brief period in uh, junior high where I had some personal difficulty with uh, the Lord, where to me, he was supposed to be a good father and I was supposed to be provided for unconditionally, no problems, you know, no struggles in life. Uh, there was a period of time where I felt like I was struggling with a lot. And so I really, I really blame that on, uh, on God, but he's chased me through it all. And uh, day in and day out, every year I look back on my life, uh, every year is better. He's proven more and more faithful each and every time. So, and yeah, like you mentioned, Matt, we get to, we get the honor of going to church together and being brothers. Awesome. And you want to tell them about Jenna? I mean, you talked about your job. You talked them all about Evan, but you forgot about your lady. <laughs> yeah. So now she's not allowed to listen to this podcast because she threw me under the bus. <laughs> so I have been married yet, uh, yesterday, actually. I mean, by the time some people listen to this, some more time will have passed. Uh, but I'm married to, uh, yesterday was six months. I'm married to a wonderful woman. Uh, of the Lord, probably more in tune with the Holy Spirit than most people I know. Um, her name is Jenna Rulo. We got that last name. And uh, yeah, so Je <laughs> Jenna and I met while we were in college uh, through our college ministry. And I don't have to get all deep into that story because I could just talk about her for, for hours. So hopefully I pulled myself back out of the hole by forgetting to mention her the first time. I think you did. Well, I can actually vouch to, uh, and I know that we typically do this whenever we have a guest, um, is, is really just vouch for the person that's here. Um, as someone who's known Evan uh, for quite some time now, I, it's been, I, if I had to guess, it's been like maybe a year and a half, two years, something like that, right? Coming up on uh, two years at the turn of the year, yeah. Two years, that's what I was thinking. Um, 
Evan and Jenna have been—I mean, they have been super faithful members of the church and 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 great servers. But you know, that's that's great. But the best thing about them is they've been just awesome, awesome friends. They are they are great friends uh, to me and to our church family, and uh, they're the people that are always there when you need them. And uh, but yeah, so today we have an awesome discussion planned. Um, that we had actually already, we've, we went through half of this discussion in our first recording before I realized that we messed this up. And so um, we are definitely, we are, we are more prepared now, so it's probably going to sound a lot more professional than it did the first time around. But we're going to talk about the kingdom of God. And so I'm going to let Evan kind of steer our discussion here um, as we go through this. So I'm going to ask Evan a very broad question and uh, let him just roll with it. So Evan, what is the kingdom of God? Well, Matt, I always like to tell people that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Uh, <laughs> just mm, come on, that's that's, uh, so, that's so good, man. And I, where'd you come up with that? <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good buddy of mine came up with that. I'm definitely I'm just stealing quotes off of him. You can read his book. Um, it's it's written in Matthew 13 uh, of the Bible. So, yeah, oh, geez, Jesus said that. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> Jesus said that, man. Yeah, as Jesus long as, said it. <laughs> yeah, man. As long as you got those red letters, you you can you can quote my friend too. But um, hey, no, so, there you go. What what is what is the kingdom of God? Um, and how does it operate? Um, we always talk, we talk a lot about what the kingdom of God is, what it looks like. I think more often than not, we might get caught up talking about um, who does and doesn't belong in the kingdom, uh, rather yeah. than talk about what the kingdom actually looks like. Um, so, just to say, it's not up to you and me who belongs in the kingdom. It's up to Jesus who belongs in the kingdom, and uh, we'll let we'll let you have that argument with him if you want to take it up with yeah, him. Yeah, just on. start praying. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. But, but um, so yeah, so what does the kingdom of God look like? And uh, I think it's very relational, right? Um, Jesus came to reestablish that relationship with us that God has been really fighting throughout the entire Old Testament. He'd been fighting Israel to uh, just get back into relationship, get back into obedience with him so that they could live the lives that he created them to live ever since the garden. And, uh, and, Christ came to essentially bring us back to the garden. Yes, usher in a new age, um, but that new age looking a lot like that original age um, from design, from origin. And um, so that, that relational aspect of looking at the kingdom is, um, okay, so God has a relationship with us, and what does God's relationship with us look like? Um, we're a lot more familiar with that because this is what we learn about in church. This is what we learn about uh, when we tune into podcasts is um, what does the Lord have to say about us, his creation? Uh, how does he pursue us? How does he, um, I, I'd, I'm going to say judge us, but not in a way that we would judge one another, right? It's, it's yeah, judgment sure. in order to uh, renew. It's judgment in order to uh, restore. Um, so how does he guide us through good times? How does he guide us through bad times? Is he a good father? Is he a good shepherd? Um, what, what does that relationship look like to us? Um, from, from y'all's experience and from your readings, is there anything that you would like to share with uh, what, who you've learned that God is in his relationship to us, where you've really experienced, this is what the kingdom looks like. This is, this is who the king looks like. 
uh, whether from from reading or experiencing something yourselves? Well, I'll say so. For me, it definitely started, and we we talked about this on our last discussion about beloved identity. Mm-hmm. As far as understand, I think that's the place to start. If you're going to bring kingdom, you're going to have to know really who you are. Because if if you think that God's always angry at you and always coming after you and against you, it's really hard to spread that kind of kingdom because it's a kingdom that you really don't support, even though you say you do. If you, if that's how you think about God, it's really hard for you to say, I'm going to, I'm going to go out of my way and I'm going to lay down my life so that other people can flourish uh, for a kingdom where God hates us. Like, I don't think anybody would do that. Um, but for me, it started with understanding that, that God loves me more than I love him even on my best day, and that's not like an insult to myself, but that's just how he's he's got an infinite amount of love for me. And, you know, as human beings where we have fallible um, ability to show love and to experience love, uh, we get to experience his eternal love, which is is, is amazing. As far as uh, how God has made kingdom uh, real to me is uh, for, it's put some really great teachers in my life. Uh, one actually being my brother who is the pastor of our church, uh, who kind of pointed me towards some really great teachers. Um, one of those teachers being Marty Solomon. Uh, and he did a really great teaching on it, talking about how, uh, the kingdom of God is a, the three things must occur for kingdom to flourish and for kingdom to be present. And that is, uh, the finger of God must move. They actually express that by talking about the pinky finger of God, because even the pinky finger of God can move mountains. Um, and then they said that the people would call him Lord is the second step. And then the third step is the people respond in obedience. So you see that all the way back to the Exodus. The finger of God moves, brings people out of, or brings Israel out of Egypt. They bring them to Mount Sinai. The people uh, essentially call him Lord by saying that they will be his people and he will be their God. And a response on God's part is to give them the law to which they respond in obedience and kingdom comes. And by not responding in obedience, it is the counterculture. The count, it is, um, if you've listened to the Bema podcast that I'm referencing, they talk about empire over shalom, where it becomes more about self-preservation, fear and insecurity is what will um, ultimately be the main thing if you allow yourself to only experience those first two. And that's really what we talk about in the Bible Belt and in America is you know, we got a God's obviously moved by sending Jesus dying on the cross, and then we call him Lord, and then we stop there because we think that responding in obedience is legalism, when responding in obedience is actually the necessary component in order for us to experience kingdom. It's not that the 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 obedience earns salvation or earns love, but if the kingdom of God is going to be present, there needs to be obedience. And that brings me... um to Matthew 7, which I believe uh, in Matthew 7, it's one of the most, if not the most, misquoted scripture in the entire Bible, in my opinion. Uh, And I actually have it pulled up. The first time we did this, I didn't have it pulled up, but I have it now. Um, It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and drive out many demons in your name and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you workers of lawlessness. The NIV says evildoers. I kind of like workers of lawlessness um, from the King James, actually. But um, we, we, we like to use that passage to talk about hell, that the people are going to go before God in heaven and he's going to look at them and be like, you didn't, you, you didn't know me well enough, you know, and you didn't know me. 
But Jesus is talking about the kingdom. This is what the whole the whole message of Jesus is kingdom. And he even says, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Or not everyone who says, I'm sorry, um, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And so he's saying essentially, saying Lord, Lord is not enough to bring kingdom. You actually have to start doing the will of the Father. And you have to actually start doing the things that, that Jesus had commanded them to do and, and leading them in doing. And so I know I'm kind of uh, ranting now, but for me, that's been the, the big thing for me is realizing that that obedience is a big part of it, and you can do obedience without it being legalism. It's just all about where your heart's postured. Legalism says I'm doing this to earn something from God. Obedience is I'm doing this because this is simply the right thing to do, and I know who I am in God regardless of where I, what I do, but it's, it's not about what I do in terms of my identity, but what I do is actually what brings kingdom. So anyways, Daniel, you want to add anything onto that? No, I agree with everything you said. My biggest thing is just in the kingdom we read in uh, Romans chapter three, uh, found in the, the 20 section, and I'm going to paraphrase, but it talks about how there is no difference between Jew and Gentiles. We've all fallen short. We've all sinned. Um, and we're justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came from Jesus. And I think that just kind of sums up what the kingdom is going to be like. I think sometimes we find ourselves um, judging certain sins, and we we can be very self-righteous if we're not careful, Uh, but the, the kingdom is as even as it could possibly be. Uh, for all have fallen short and we're all just on this journey together uh, and we're all just um, average people saved by the grace of God. Yeah, Daniel, I really like what you said right there. I've heard it said this way, that the ground is level at the foot of the cross, just meaning that no one stands over one another uh, when we're face to face with Jesus and the life he lived and the sacrifice he gave and the life that he took back up again. So um, sweet. Thanks for that. Uh, If we were... If we were to continue um, talking about the relationships in the kingdom, there's obviously our relationship with with the king, God. His, how does he treat us? Um, and then there's our relationship to him, which we, we've also touched on, Matt. You, you led largely in, uh, which is that, that responding in obedience, not just to calling him Lord, um, which is how Jesus guides us in, in prayer uh, when he's teaching his disciples how to pray, is the first thing you ought to do. Uh, the first thing you ought to do in a kingdom is recognize the king. Uh, God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. May your name be kept holy. Um, And so I I think you covered it from us uh, to God. Um, But then the next part relationally in a kingdom is other than the king is the the people and how the people interact with each other. Um, Because the king represents the whole kingdom. But just as much as the king represents the kingdom, the people also carry the the name of the king in a way uh and the masses as a whole the city or or the people of the kingdom as a whole also represent the king um and so the king represents the people and the people represent the king if i were to uh to speak to someone who was half my family is french canadian so i'm going to say if i were to speak to a canadian that way i don't single out any other people groups um (laughs) and i would and I were to say, man, I really don't like uh, Canadians because of this this guy over here. And yeah. I could probably say, you know, I, just because I don't like this guy, I don't like all Canadians. And that means that they probably have a bad leader. Um, 
they're not being led in a good direction as a, as a people group, as a country. And uh, I, I think that a lot of the times that's where a lot of church hurt comes from uh, is because of people interacting with others who um, really, as part of the kingdom, ought to represent the king and, and, and how the king leads them um, and ought to do that well, but they're not responding in obedience. But how, how we ought to respond and live amongst each other. Jesus teaches in uh, the in the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount in uh, Matthew chapter 5. been in Matthew a lot recently, so that's probably where we're going to stay. Um, he talks about the poor in spirit being blessed, that blessed are the meek and those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful and the pure in heart. And uh, he goes on to say, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for, those, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I think a lot of what the kingdom looks like and what Jesus brought to us rests on that, that chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Yeah. Christ came to give us not a sword that would divide the earth, you know, but he came to bring peace and establish a kingdom of peace, of shalom. Um, so what does it look like for us to be peacemakers from one to another? Yeah, I think, um, man, every time that I think about peace, I, I mean, obviously I can't help but think about the life of Jesus, but also it reminds me of Philippians 2, uh, where, it can, where it talks about considering others' needs above your own. Um, I, I believe that shalom and peace is very difficult if the main concern that you have is for self-preservation, mm-hmm. uh, that is, I mean, that is empire. That is um, Hellenism. That was the whole, that was the counter kingdom that Jesus was in. Jesus was in, Israel found themselves within the kingdom of Rome, and Jesus was trying to bring the kingdom of God into a already present kingdom of Rome. But the kingdom of Rome says it's all about what I can bring to the table and building myself up. And doing that actually causes more chaos. It's imp- I don't think it's possible to have peace if you're constantly worrying about yourself. I mean, imagine if we got into an argument and all I'm trying to do is make sure my voice is heard and that my opinion is right. There, there's never going to be peace because it's constantly going to be me trying to one-up you. But if I consider your needs above my own, I'd be willing to either concede the point or to simply sit back and say, let's find some common ground. Um, you know, this is like, and you, you actually start to find solutions that benefit the other person more than yourself. And that's what I believe it means to be a peacemaker is just simply laying down yourself the way that Jesus did, um, which is like totally against the status quo. Uh, because Jesus, I mean, if you think about the life of Jesus, he had, I mean, he was a qualified rabbi who could have done whatever he wanted to within the religious system and yet he associated with every single person that they told him, that essentially they avoided because he knew that's where the kingdom was actually going to flourish, with those who are on the outside, not with those who are on the inside. And so, and again, so it goes back to the main point of just laying down yourself and building up others is uh, what I believe it means to be a peacemaker. So being, uh, being a peacemaker, right, it's, it's being uh, quick, it's being slow to be angry, it's being quick to serve, being quick to wash someone's feet uh i really i really appreciate what you said there matt um i I think a lot of what we do now is we claim that we want the kingdom of god to come um 
but so often we don't want to let go of the kingdom that really we're trying to build ourselves. And uh, that's the, the only thing that is going to contend against the kingdom of God, mind you, not successfully, is, uh, is the kingdom of Babylon or what we would call the culture that we live in today. Um, Babylon is anything that represents the, the culture of the world, anything that is opposed to God. Um, but really the culture of Babylon is the culture of, of you do you. It's a lo- that phrase goes on throughout all of the news, social media, motivational books nowadays in, in the American West. It, it's really yeah. a you-do-you culture. And so the kingdom that you want to build for yourself, you have to put to rest. And it has to die in order for you to be able to truly be uh, part of the kingdom of God and to be a peacemaker. Absolutely. And, and while we're on this point, let's, let's get a little practical. What, what would that look like? I mean, I know most of our listeners right now, we, do ha- we had one listener from Belgium. So if that person's listening, this may not be as applicable. Um, but for, those, for us in our American context, because uh, I feel like, in my opinion, and this may be because I'm here, I feel like the kingdom of America is probably the worst off kingdom uh, compared to most places around the world, mostly because we just don't care about other people at all. Um, so my question for you, Evan, is what what can we practically do, um, generally speaking, to start to steer in that direction? Like, what are some practical next steps that we can do to actually be peacemakers, to put others above ourselves? Like, what are some tangible steps that people can take to move in that direction? Uh, I'd say that the first, the first tangible step in, in anything is um, is knowing who your Lord is and spending time with Him, and you know His words by the words that we have accessible through Scripture, and you become familiar with the Holy Spirit's voice because Holy Spirit sounds a lot like Jesus, uh, and through being equipped from the teachings that Jesus shares uh, in the Scriptures, uh, again we're touching a lot in Matthew. Uh, today just because that's been what i've been in recently uh the seven parables of the kingdom are all all matthew 13 um but one is it's very tangible to get into scripture and and read and learn and just submit to uh submit to teaching from from christ and uh, be willing to to say you know i don't know what this is but i'm willing to i'm willing to learn i'm willing to be wrong and i'm willing to to get better uh that's Mm, the first tangible thing because when you go into uh, a workplace or when you go into interactions with family or, or friends and, and you're pursuing the Lord and, uh, and they're part of these, these cultures all around you who want you to come back or want to drag you back into uh, a culture that's like them. They don't want you to be set apart. Uh, people, mass crowds of people, community, they don't want you to be different. Um, but in a call to follow Christ, you're, you're asked to be set apart. You're asked to be different than the culture of the people around you. Because being part of that kingdom, like I said, the, uh, the, the people of the kingdom, they represent the king just as much as the king represents the kingdom as a whole. Um, yeah. and, and Holy Spirit, through, through the teachings from Scripture and through, through prayer and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, now you can go into uh, conversations with family, friends, be in your workplace and where other people are uh, putting you down in order to get ahead, um, lying to you, deceiving you, uh, making coarse jokes about you. It, it doesn't even have to be a, a serious um, offense towards you, but, but little things um, that still disturbs 
the peace because it's them fighting to establish themselves as uh, as higher or elevating themselves in their mind over like we talked about being peacemakers, which is putting others above yourself before yourself. Um, and I think that the most tangible uh, tools that we have is it's that relationship with Christ and with Holy Spirit and being led in those situations. Uh, he'll give us the words to say and he'll recall our minds towards what we've learned in scripture. And as long as we have an attitude, uh, as long as we have an attitude and a heart posture of serving other people and, you know, putting Christ first, knowing that we've, we've died to our kingdom, other people are fighting for theirs. Um, but, you know, even though they're fighting for their kingdom, um, because of Christ's decision, not our decision, they get to be a part of the kingdom that we're a part of too. Yeah, that's really good. And I, I think it, what you just said is, is profound because typically when that question gets asked, I feel like in most churches today, they quickly start turning to, all right, let's go through a bullet point list as to what you need to start doing. But you st- you simply started with relationship with Jesus. And that is that is really important because if we view everything through our production then we're, for one, always going to feel like we need to do more. But also, we're going to start to think that those who aren't doing as much as we are, that they aren't a part of the kingdom that we're a part of. But if you view everything through the eyes of Yahweh, who sees us and loves us and cares for us and longs to be with us, then you start to see that he has that exact same heart for other people, which then, in turn, produces all the works that you need to do in order to bring kingdom. But if you're viewing it through your works primarily and not through the intimacy— then, then it could be pretty destructive. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think the biggest thing from all this and kind of my takeaway from it is before we can ever get to the point of where we're actually bearing fruit, we have to, bearing good fruit, let me make sure I say that, um, we have to first let those seeds be planted inside our heart through that relationship with him and through his word. Um, and then once those seeds are planted and then once it will begin to realize that fruit bearing from the place it's supposed to be. And then from there we have like the basis of what we need. And then from there we can really begin to focus on what the kingdom of God is. And we can be more kingdom minded if we have that fundamental uh, relationship and knowledge of, of who he is. Yeah. That's really good. And I think too, like, I mean, if we want to get practical even beyond that too, of, um, you know, through after a relationship with Jesus, one thing we, we referenced this verse, um, I believe it was our episode on offense, but wherever it says, um, when Paul, or I'm sorry, not Paul, but James says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. I mm-hmm. think that in our culture, that's so, like we we've been mentioning this this whole time, considering others above ourselves. Right. If we are if we are going to be able, if we're going to do that, we have to be willing to be listeners first to people, and that's the same for all of us in our in whatever context we find ourselves in, whatever workplace you find yourself in. Like, it, it may, it, for me, I'm I'm the kind of person that loves to be the the dominant person in the conversation, just because I like to talk and I like to give my opinion, but um. What what has been really helpful for me, and I'm not I'm not there yet. I'm still growing in this, of course. But um, what has helped me is when I shut my mouth and just simply listen to others and ask questions, and not do that by not not do that with the intention of making my point known above theirs, but just listening to them and that being enough. 
because, you know, in, I don't know if you guys are like me, but I'm the kind of person that when someone's talking, I think about what I'm going to say while they're talking. And so I usually miss a lot of what they say in doing so. And that ends up biting me in the butt because I'm like, I, I respond to something that they really weren't even addressing sometimes all because I was thinking about what I had to say instead of just listening and trusting that the Lord was going to move through that conversation on my part after listening. And I think that's, that that's a big part of it too, is just trusting that the Holy Spirit can, can move through us when we are more inclined to listen and slower to speak. Yeah, no, I agree. And if you look at who Jesus was, I think that sums up who Jesus was. I mean, he, he was slow to speak, um, and I think it's for obvious reasons. There's a, um, I read an article once and it was talking about Jesus responding to people in the Bible and Jesus, um, he was asked a total of 183 questions in the Bible, but in return, he asked 307 questions. Um, and yeah. we, like you said, we live in a society where we are quick and I'm guilty of it, uh, like bad. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of just throwing my opinion out there, making it well known where I stand and, 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 and what's what. Uh, but even in the, uh, the story of John chapter eight with this adulterous woman who was caught in adultery, you know, these Pharisees are ready to murder the woman and they are quoting the law accurately. And the first thing that Jesus yeah. does, he, he doesn't just come at them. He doesn't yell at them. He doesn't say, you guys are idiots. He stops. He gets quiet. He ignores them and he goes to the ground, starts riding on the ground. Uh, he was slow to speak in a situation where it would have been very easily to pop off and tell them how it's going to happen. Yeah, and he was even slow to become angry too because at, at that moment he could have been like, yeah, you know, as God, I condemn you all forever. Right. And you guys are done for. But he was essentially told them something that would help them. It's like if any of you guys are without sin, cast the first stone. And I bet you that word, like, and I'm speculating, of course, but I bet that word went with them wherever they went going forward. Before they started to stone anybody on anything, I bet the first thing that they thought w was exactly what Jesus said. Like, do, am I even qualified to be the one throwing stones? Right. Is, or am I, or, I should, or in reality, should I be the one actually receiving the stones? But it's by God's grace that I'm not. Right. And, 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 and or go ahead. No, I was going to say, oh, I was going to say, and, and Evan, you might be able to agree with this as well. One thing I, I've noticed in my own life, whenever God has adjusted my heart and my mind to see the kingdom for what it really is, it doesn't necessarily come in situations where like people are yelling at me or they're quick to make uh, comments or quick to shout their opinions. It seems like it comes in moments or times when it's, it's very gentle and, and, and they're, they're leading me somewhere instead of trying to force me onto something. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, I think that that makes a lot of sense more often than not to, uh, you know, the scripture gives us a uh, context of God speaking to us, the Holy Spirit leading us in a still small voice, uh, because that's something that you would use to beckon out of, out of intimacy, you know, come closer. Let me lead you to this new discovery, to this revelation, to this peace that I have in proximity to, with presence of, of God. And uh, a lot of times I've experienced the most, the most kingdom peace. And what I'll say is I feel like it, 
the world is untainted in such a way where there is nothing fighting against the reign of God in areas where, fortunately, uh, unfortunately, th- there are no people. It's it's out in the nature of the woods. It's out in a desert. It's out on the ocean. It's yeah. uh, I had the the blessing and the honor of being able to travel to Israel one summer for two weeks, and I got to sit on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, where there were rocks and desert flowers and cacti and just the water, you know, we were further, we were far away from Jerusalem. And when we were in Jerusalem where Jesus walked, it felt spiritually suffocating. There's just so many different cultures that claim that they know the way to God yeah. that are living in constant tension with one another, uh, that you don't feel that the kingdom of God ever uh, could reign in a place like that, where there would be peacemakers everywhere that everyone would be a peacemaker in, in Jerusalem, the place where Jesus walked. But you go to the Sea of Galilee where the rocks cry out. And that's where I, ha- that's probably the place where I felt the most peace uh, and the most that, you know, I can retreat to be with the Lord. And I know that he is in control of everything and his dominion reigns in my life. Um, but we get distracted from that fact that he reigns when we're so, uh, when everything in life is just so cluttered, our time is cluttered, our thoughts are everywhere, our uh, priorities are, are probably misprioritized, and we're so busy that uh, we, we pull away from thinking the way that we're thinking tonight is, is what does it look like to, like you were saying, Daniel, to, to slow down like Jesus did, to think, to listen, um, because we, we get so preoccupied with everything and when we're so preoccupied with thinking of everything it's usually around ourselves. and then oh wait we talked about this that's building my kingdom that's not fighting for what god's kingdom looks like yeah yeah and i think and without going too deep and changing gears too much i think a good way to help this uh this has been really fruitful in my life and this is biblical is the idea of of practicing sabbath and um because that, because the whole Sabbath was designed for one, it was designed to be like God because God rested. That's the whole principle. But also, Sabbath is to remind us that what we produce is not what defines us. We are simply defined by how God feels about us. We're good because He says we're good. Period. And so the Sabbath is a great a great way to do that. And and for those who don't know what what Sabbath essentially that's taking a day. Uh, and, and I'm speaking of it more as a practice than as a, a mindset, but I think your mind should always be centered around rest. But a good way to, to refocus yourself is to take a day where you stop what you're doing and simply allow yourself to enjoy life. And, and when I say stop what you're doing, I don't mean go go sit in your house in front of, on your couch and literally don't move for a day. I mean get your mind off of anything that screams production and just simply enjoy life and allow yourself to experience God and know that even when you feel like you could be doing a lot, that you can trust that your identity is not in what you can produce, but in simply who you are. And that is what will line you back up with this idea of peace. Because if you feel like your value is in what you produce, you're never going to have peace because you're always going to feel like you need to do more. And more and more and more. And that's, I mean, that was my life up until about two years ago. Is I just felt like I needed to get the right job in ministry. 
I need to make sure I'm reading my Bible this much and make sure I'm praying this much, checking all the boxes, when in reality, God feels the exact same about the exact same way about me if I don't do any disciplines than if I did all the disciplines because that's just simply who I am in Christ. And so and and that all comes in my opinion through Sabbath. And I, we don't have to go through all the nuances of Sabbath right here because it's a whole another hour of a discussion. But um I think that's a good practical step. Well, as we are kind of going towards um the end of our discussion, I know that we're uh now getting up there in time. I want to take just a moment and ask you guys what has what has this idea of kingdom looked like for you in in your context? How, how what are some ways that you guys maybe have seen it where you work or with your churches or or whatever? And and I'll give mine after after you guys give yours. But what does kingdom look like for you guys where you are? For me, what kingdom looks like in my day to day, whether that be in the marketplace at work or or elsewhere, whether I'm at the grocery store or with friends and family, is um, and I'm going to connect Sabbath back to, back to this is because coming from a place of uh, a mindset that is at peace and it is refreshed in the Lord, uh, knowing that the identity of the kingdom is connected to the identity of the king. Because of, because of Christ, our king, I am set free in an identity that belongs to him. Uh, I don't have to go about my day at work or uh, in in friend groups or in, in any kind of group trying to be somebody, trying to impress other people. Uh, I can I can listen uh, in order to understand people like what we were talking about and learn from that. Uh, Matt, I really enjoyed what you said about how you've been letting the Lord move just by listening to other people and learning what they have to say and asking the Lord to, to teach you through that. I really love that because uh, if I'm trying to build my own kingdom, I'm trying to listen in order to respond and impress other people. And to be right, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to have a platform to speak so that I can gain influence, uh, gain followers. That's a, that's a popular trend, especially with social, social media. But, um, yeah, sure. Yeah, so, so I think having... Th- Coming from that mindset uh, of being refreshed through my identity with Christ, the time that I spend with Him, um, reminding myself of what He says about me, not only what He says about me, uh, but what He says about those around me, uh, how He treated what the Pharisees and the righteous, who, who they would have called the wicked, um, how He spent time with them is how He pursues us and has spent time with us so if i'm not so set apart from um the woman at the well you know the adulterous woman or the uh the lame the blind the sick whoever the tax collector who everybody hates if i'm not set apart from them because like we said earlier um the the ground is level at the foot of the cross then um the people that i interact with are equally invited to the kingdom. So how can I go about in my day being a peacemaker? Really bringing it back to that because we're uh, in Exodus, the Lord invited the Israelites to be a kingdom of priests. And what did the priests do? I recently, Jenna and I have been in uh, Leviticus. There are a lot of 
sacrifices, um, so many different types of sacrifices, uh, grain offerings, fellowship offerings. You, you have to slaughter this animal seven different ways to to actually <laughs> have you know forgiveness a take effect. <laughs> it's it's a lot. We're we're set free from a lot of that. But um, <laughs> what I was saying is. Um, he called the Israelites to be a kingdom of priests. And what did the priests do in all those sacrifices? Um, but they, they would make peace between the people and with God. And um, yeah, so, so that's it. That's practically what the kingdom of God looks like to me is recognizing that through Jesus Christ, that's the key through what Christ has come and done. I'm at peace with God. And if I can be made, at peace with God, then, okay, this is the peace I'm going to carry with me into uh, the conversations I have at work. Uh, you know, whether, whether that comes up in conversation or not, there should be an air of peace about me. Um, now, am I always good at that? No, because I'm a competitive person. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I try. Yeah, so loved everything you said. I think for me, if you would have asked Daniel um, 10 years ago, of what the kingdom looks like, it, it would be a very different response to what I'm about to give you today. Ten years ago, I was very, is very black and white. Um, you either you're either with it or you're not. You're either saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, or you're not. Uh, and if you're not, you better be getting it together, or you're going to hell. Um, like I said, just very very intense when it came to that. Daniel today, um, and really, it just it took a lot of. A reflection on my life. It took a lot of um, heart change. It really just took Jesus working on me and, and through his word and the Holy Spirit. Today, the kingdom looks like to me is just anyone who is just on this journey of trying to be more like Jesus. Um, we're all the same. We all struggle. And Matt, we've talked about this before too on the podcast. Um, it, we we all have our own issues, you know. If we are honest with ourselves and we take a good look at who we are, we all have that thing that we struggled with. Um, and all sin, all sin, is the same to God. And if we will just give it to Him, if we will just give it to Him, um, and let Him be Lord over everything, He will do amazing things in our life. And I stand by that for anyone I encounter. And it's, it's funny because Daniel, 10 years ago versus now, the people that I associate with is completely different. I mean, I've got people who are, and, and I'm not to pat myself on the back, but I've, I have people who are like not believers, people who are, you know, um, first time Christians, people who are seasoned Christians, uh, people who uh, get annoyed because I talk about Jesus so much and what he's done for me. I mean, I've, I've got people at all different stages of their walk, so to speak. Um, so for me, that's what the kingdom looks like is just different people from different tracks, um, just trying to navigate life and, and model Jesus the best they can. Um, and I just want to end by saying this. I'm just, I'm thankful that I allowed Jesus, well, I'm, I'm thankful that Jesus put up with my crap for so long and was patient with me and, and truly uh, spoke to me and, and worked on me because the kingdom that I see now is it's a much easier way to live. It's a much better way to be. And I'm just so thankful for that. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll give mine and then I'll, I'll kind of bring it down. Mine's, uh, I'm gonna, mine's not going to be as, as spiritual actually. So I, I have this opinion and um 
I don't know if either one of you will disagree with me on this, but I believe a lot of people show kingdom and they not even realize it sometimes. Even people who, like, and, and you know, I've seen people who, whether they openly profess they follow Jesus or not, they have qualities of the kingdom that they're expressing very evidently. And there was one guy that I remember at work, um, and uh, I'm gonna try not to cry saying this because I, I am convinced. I, I'm convinced. Uh, well, I'm not. Okay, let me rephrase that. I'm not convinced. I'm pretty sure um, that this guy showed up, and it was like I, I would be willing to say it was Jesus that showed up in the flesh through somebody else, and it, it just I don't know how to how else to describe it. But there was a, a trucker who brought by. Um, some bubble wrap for of all things, and it's like it was a really short shipment, and he could have easily been in and out in about five minutes tops. Um, but after he gave me the bubble wrap, he saw that I had a bunch of pallets just laying around uh, that I had to take out, and it's my least favorite part of my job is taking the pallets out because I have to take them all the way around the building, uh, one by one, and it's just like back and forth, back and forth, and I had like six of them just sitting there. And this guy looked at me with a huge smile on his face, and he goes, you probably don't want to take those pallets, do you? Why don't I put those in my truck, and I'll take them for you? And like, he did not say anything about Jesus, but the love and the joy that he expressed, I knew that in that moment, he was Jesus for me. Like I can say that with 100% confidence, that in that moment, whether he realized it or not, I was staring face to face at Jesus because Jesus was working through that person through such a small, small, small act of kindness, love, gentleness. Like the fruits of the spirit were all over this guy. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know anything about where his faith is at, but that is what the kingdom has been looking like in the spaces that I found myself in. Is not not all of the lingo and all the right words. But just simply seeing people show love and joy and the fruits of the Spirit everywhere and me learning and growing even from people that I didn't even expect to learn and grow from. Because if it were not for that trucker, now I feel like I need to do more in in showing joy and and showing love and doing things for others that maybe they don't want to do. And not just to pay it forward, but just because I now know that's what the kingdom looks like in my space and so it's just it's been a super fruitful thing um for me. But anyways, yeah, we we have man, I'm so glad that we were able to have uh this discussion tonight. This has been super super fruitful for me and definitely a lot of stuff for me to uh to reflect on and to grow in. And Evan, thank you so much man. I know that we've uh we had you had to put up with going through at least half of it twice, and uh, I, I am, I've apologized a million times now, but yeah, I'm, I'm, you, you have been showing the kingdom by simply showing us grace by recording this again. Um, but thank you, Evan, for sharing your heart, man. I, I, I loved everything you said, and I'm so glad that you were able to come and uh, share your heart with us. Thanks, you guys. I really appreciate it. It was honestly an honor, and uh, I really enjoyed our conversation and learning from listening to both of you, too. Yeah, absolutely, and and well, Evans, um, close enough where I I can say confidently that that this won't be the last time you hear Evans' voice <laughs> on the podcast for sure, um, because Evans a lot like us, and he's just uh, hungry just like we are for for both food and the Word of God, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, that is not that is not a uh, an obese joke by any means, because I am 
anyways, I'm gonna let me let me keep digging my grave here. Um, <laughs> but anyways, that's gonna be it. Uh, do you guys have anything else before I I close on the podcast? Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just I did that. I did that on purpose. I am. I, I am totally leaving. I am totally leaving that too. I'm leaving the awkward silence. I may even have uh, the SpongeBob tra- two thousand years later. Right. Have it play right there. Uh, but no, thank you guys so much for joining us today on this podcast, and uh, we hope to see you again soon. And as much as I cringe saying it, still, it's eventually going to be burned in my blood. But Altered Nation out. Cue the music.